This is Waddle and Sylvie, live from the old National Bank State Street Studio. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. WMVP. WSHE. HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Good news and bad news for everybody. The good news is, is we've got Mel Kuyper Jr. And he is the best in the business. And he is so great with his time. And um, we love talking to Mel. And we get smarter because of it. The bad news is, is we've talked to him far too often in the last decade. In the last 16 years of the Waddle and Sylvie show. Because the Bears usually suck. And they're usually drafting in the top 10. And uh, eventually we would like to stop talking to Mel. Because the Bears are drafting like 28th or 30th or 32nd. still calling. Because they're winning championships. And we could talk to him and say, hey, hello, how are you doing? This is great that the Bears are drafting late. But this is like too much. That The Bears are always drafting early on this stuff. Mm. So it is good news, bad news. Mel, it's great to talk to you nonetheless. How are you? Good. I hope you pick 32 one day and you never have to worry about calling me anymore. That would be great. That would be, that would be great for Bears and what fans want to see that. And one day it'll happen. I always hold out hope for everybody that yeah. you can be that team that ends up uh, with the 32nd pick. As Josh Allen said, there's going to be 31 teams that are, and 31 fan bases that are going to be saying, boy, that was a hot, uh, uh, talk about a disappointment. That's horrible. So only one fan base and one team is going to be happy at the end of the year. 31, of what, like I say, you're going to be very disappointed. Mel, just in general terms, is this a good year to have the first overall pick or a bad? year to have the first overall pick. Uh, you know, it depends who you talk to, and that's what we all do. We talk to our guys in the league, and Todd and I were talking about on the podcast today about, you know, it, how much do you value Bryce Young, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud? If you value one of those more than the other two, and you feel there's a significant gap between one of those guys where he fits what you do better than the other two, then, yeah, maybe a team will move up to, to one and get that guy. Um, if not, then you have to sit there and make a pick. And that's why, like I said, I didn't know who would be that team, so I didn't want to distort the whole first round and project the trade. But it could happen. You would hope it would be a Houston or Indy where you wouldn't drop far. And it seems like Indy's desperate for that young quarterback. Maybe they would be that team. Houston may feel like, hey, we're not going to let Indy get our guy. We've got to go from 2-1 to one to get that quarterback. Uh, and maybe they would be able to go up from 2-1 to one and Bears fall to 2, and then maybe they could work out a deal with Indy after that and go from 2-4. to four. So it's a, And then you'd have quarterback back-to-back, then you'd be guaranteed either Anderson or Carter, and you'd have two move-downs. So it really depends upon how teams view those quarterbacks will determine whether they want to move up to get one. So, Mel, we get a lot of callers who say that. We say, who say, hey, maybe the Bears can swing and deal with Houston, go to two, and then maybe then they can work out a second deal with Indy, like you Mm -hmm. just said. So in, in your world, that's not a fantasy. No, it's not because of the of how desperate teams are, and they see what happened with Indy with these older quarter not older, but you know quarterbacks that were struggling somewhere else, and they picked them up or at the end of their careers or whatever, like Indy did with Rivers and and Ryan and Wentz, and didn't work out, and they feel like they're desperate. You certainly Houston has to get a quarterback. Uh, Casario's in his second, uh, his third head coach now. He better get this quarterback right. So they they got to identify the quarterback they want, and what you have to hope for the Bears is that that the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts all have one guy that they love above and beyond. And it may not be the guy that the other team goes for. Say, say uh, Houston size, it's, it's Bryce Young. Well, maybe Indy loves Will Levis or C.J. Stroud. And they say, we, we can't wait and we can't allow Vegas 
or Carolina or somebody else to jump to three with Arizona and get that quarterback. So we got to go up and get that guy. Okay, because that's why Houston would have to go to one because somebody else will go to one if Houston doesn't. So Houston would get their second quarterback, not their number one guy. So it really depends upon, you know, it was basically when Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger came. I said all three should be real. I don't think, do you really care which one you got? If it's one of those years, then you're in trouble. It was one of those years where they're happy with any of the three. I think I remember uh, one of the, uh, the GMs were saying the year with Herbert and Tua and Burrow. You'd be happy with any one of those three. You just hope it's not that kind of year because if, it's that, if Indianapolis and Houston feel that way, they're not going to move up. Right. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, before we talk about Jalen Carter, who you had the Bears pick, just to reiterate, because this is mock, the first mock, you, you thought it was a better exercise to not have the Bears trade out of it, so therefore it wouldn't inf- affect the entire mock draft, yes? Exactly, because you don't want, if you do, if you're wrong, then it distorts everything. And I mean, it's fun to do, and it's not life or death here. I get that. It's Mach 1.0. But I feel let's just put the players where I, a general area where I think they're going to go, get, and let, let's track these guys, because let's face it, a lot of these kids, we don't have 40 times. We don't even have measurables on these kids. So until they get to the combine pro days, then these things will change based off of that. My ratings will change based off that. I'm waiting. What is, how does Jackson Smith and Jigba work out? He didn't play this year at Ohio State. He had the Injury. Well, he's got to have a good workout, or else he's not going to maintain that grade. Okay, what is what's Bryce Young is going to weigh? He's going to be 180. Is going to be 195. Can he can he get to 210? Somebody's got to determine. He thinks he can. Well, the, your your medical staff, your nutritionist, everybody that works with your team's got to figure that out. Look at his body type. Figure it out at the pro day combine and all that type of thing. But there's still a lot of work to be done on these kids. And right now, there's a lot of mixed opinions. And I will say this, guys, this is not a good draft. This is a draft where you better do your homework, do your due diligence, pick the right players, because this is not a deep draft, it's not a strong draft, it's a weak draft. But that doesn't mean that in the fourth to seventh round you're not going to find good players, because there's going to be a lot of, of uh, let's say, put it this way, a lot of opinions will vary, which means they're going to be hits and there's going to be a lot of misses. And with that, when that happens, maybe half of this first round will be disappointments. That's happened a lot over the years. This may be another year like that. So you better, you, this is a test for the personnel department, your scouts, your scouting department to see what kind of job they can do this particular year. In three years, four years, when you look back at the 2023 draft, and if you did really well, those scouts should all get a raise. That, mm. that leads me in the direction I was going next, Mel. How, knowing that the Bears have a, a thousand needs, that may be overstating it a little bit, but there's a ton of needs there. How comfortable, if you're the Bears, are you? How far down, moving before you move yourself out of a position to take a player that you consider to be maybe not generational, but a guy that can have a serious impact on this franchise early? Again, it, it, that depends. I'll give you an example. Kalijah Cansey at Pitt. Go watch his tape. I mean, you got to love this kid. I mean, he is in the backfield before you can blink. He plays hard. He's got that low center of gravity. He's got, I'm not going to bring up Aaron Donald because I hate comps. I've heard that, and I don't buy into comps. because You're always, you're always going to take guys you like in the first round and project them to a Hall of Famer. You're going to comp them to a Hall of Famer. If you don't like a guy, you're going to comp them to a disappointment. So that, it usually never works out that way, but that's what we all do. But this kid can't see. If you feel can't see, can have a great career in the NFL 
and you can get him around that 10 spot where I projected him to the Eagles, and you feel like, oh, yeah, Carter's really good, but I like this Cansey kid right there with him, then you can move down to where in that Cansey neighborhood to get a defensive tackle. If you say, well, Will Anderson Jr. was, was blocked a little more this year, he's not explosive, and he doesn't have the bend of a, of a Miles Garrett or a Von Miller, but we really like the potential of a Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, or we really love a, a you know, Keon White from Georgia Tech, or Byron Young from Tennessee as a pass rusher, or Derek Hall from Auburn. Then you can move down. So it just depends upon how your ratings board shapes up, and right now it's really too early because so much work is still to be done with all the things, the All-Star Games, Combine, Pro Days. This is a year where it's going to come down to the bitter end. I always say, you should make up your mind. This is a year where you're not going to make up your mind until April and a lot of these kids. How close is it as of now? And I know what you just said about uh, going down to the wire. How close is it between Jalen Carter and Will Anderson? Different kind of guys. It depends what you want. Do you want the outside pressure? Do you want the interior pressure? Um, I think it gets down to Cansey with with uh, with Carter as a defensive tackle. Which one? Which which fits your scheme? Which one do you prefer? Um, but I think in terms of Will Anderson Jr., yeah, he's a, he's so passionate about the game. He works so hard. You know, he gets doubled all the time. After what he did in 2021, they were not going to let him beat you in 2022. But by the same token, he had Dallas Turner on the other side, and he was blocked. And he's not a guy that's going to beat you with explosiveness all the time. He's not going to, I don't think he's going to be a 16-sack guy. I think he's going to be more of an 8-10 to 10 sack, which is good. Hutchinson had, what, 9 this year, uh, which everybody was happy with because he's going to build on that. And Bosa's got, what, 18. So, you know, Garrett gets to near 20. So, again, is he going to be the Miles Garrett, Von Miller, Nick Bosa? Maybe not. Will he be in line to get maybe 8-10 to 10 sacks a year? Probably will. And if he's better than that, so be it. Well, we're happy. We're thrilled. But 8-10 to is not bad. He's going to give you great effort, great hustle. He's going to do everything you want from a preparation leadership standpoint. So, you know, he brings a lot to the table, even though, like I say, he's not the dynamic pass rusher uh, at the point you project to the pro level like a Miller or a Garrett or a Bosa. Mel, we've heard the conversations about Jalen Carter that maybe the motor doesn't run as high as frequently as teams would like for the first overall pick. Is that fair criticism or do you see it differently? Well, I see it with all, you know, they're, they're going to take plays. I mean, the, through the course of a college game, which goes on for 20 hours, it seems like some of these college games, <laughs> you know, I mean, they never end. And Georgia's in control of a lot of these games. And he was on a defense with, with all those first-rounders and all that elite talent. And then he had an injury this year. He had an injury early, ankle, knee. Uh, both injuries, ankle, knee, were in September. One in the first game, one in late September. Came back. That showed me a lot with him. I mean, he came back, and he played really well. And he was a difference maker up front, yet he wasn't 100%. So he could have waited a while. He didn't wait. He already had a national title. He, was, he could have gotten ready for the draft. He said, ah, I'm, not, I'm not quite ready. I'm not, I'll feel right. I'll feel good enough, right? Well, he got back out there, and he had an ankle and a knee in, in September. So you've got to give the kid a lot of credit for that. I didn't see any evidence of him being a guy who would have a lackluster effort in big games. And like I said, playing when he knew he was hurt and significantly hurt, that showed me an awful lot. All right. I heard you this morning say that you would not trade out of the number one or you would not take a quarterback number one and trade Justin Fields. So so let's advance this a little more, Mel, as we're talking to Mel Kuyper. If Justin Fields was in this draft and I'm talking about the kid coming out of Ohio State, where would he be ranked compared to the big three other quarterbacks? 
It'd be number one. Uh, but, you know, if he would have had that final year. Now, Will Levis, I thought, would have been number one had he been able to play to the level that he did in 2021 when he was great. This year he had injuries and he had a bad offensive line. So knowing what we know would have been Justin. I mean, I had Justin right behind Trevor Lawrence. Everybody knows that. It's, it's in print. I had Trevor Lawrence. Just, I love Justin Fields coming out. Now, his passing and all the things we know have to be improved upon. He knows that. they got to get better players around him. Uh, but as a dual-threat quarterback who brought, you know, he brings that great skill set and can be an elite quarterback, he's shown that. So he made, made the strides and he's developed and he's progressed. So I would say they got to feel pretty good where they are. Like I said, if it, if it was a consensus number one quarterback, put it this way, if Bryce Young were, you know, 210 pounds, and, and five, even if we were 5'11", I don't care about the height. If he was 210, you'd probably think about it. Uh, but he's not, and that's a big concern, is staying healthy at the pro level. He had an injury this year. Uh, you know, in the NFL, it's not college. These are guys, I don't, there are no AOGs in the NFL. You know, another occupation guys, I call them. So, uh, you know, that's what you're dealing with in college. So, you know, you know, to me, there's no quarterback in this draft better than Justin Fields. And it's not, I'm not saying what we know now. I'm saying even based coming out of college, his grade will be higher than any of these three it, would you be tempted if caleb williams was in this draft no no uh, and i'll tell you what caleb williams has to hold off drake may from north carolina so that's not a given that it's going to be all caleb with drake may is a heck of a quarterback at north carolina uh, he's big time so it's going to be a battle royal between those two leading up to the draft in 2024 it's yeah, interesting it's, to know it, it is it, it's, it's which of these air. which of these quarterbacks do you think five years from now the, the existing guys, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and, and Will Levis, uh, which one of them distinguishes themselves at the next level, in your opinion? No. That's a great question. I would, I'm still going to bet on a guy I have as the top quarterback on my rating. Not in the mock, but in the ratings board, which is Will Levis. I just like the way he's made the makeup of the kid. I understand the turnovers, but we've seen that with a lot of quarterbacks. That's something they can work on and, and I think not eliminate, but improve upon. You can't teach the kind of arm he has and the, the, the size, the strength, and the attitude. Uh, people compare him to Josh Allen. That's another comp that's an ex- exaggeration. But uh, he, does, he talks slow like Josh. He never blames anybody. When he was getting pounded this year, by a bad, a bad offensive line in front of them. They'd lost Luke Fortner, who's doing a heck of a job in Jacksonville at their center, gone. You know, Darian Kennard and others, all gone. That offensive line did not protect them. He didn't have Wondell Robinson. He didn't have Rodriguez as running back for the first four games. Then they got hurt when Rodriguez came back. He got hurt the end of September. He had no rushing touchdowns the last eight games after having nine the previous year. He was, he was completely limited. No mobility, no ability. Throwing off one leg. He, he was out there. And he was trying to gut it out. And he never made excuses, never blamed anybody. Is that not Josh Allen, who never blames anybody but himself? So, again, you know, he's not going to be Josh Allen. He's not that kind of runner. He's, not that kind of, he's just not that kind of dynamic quarterback. But of this group, I would have said Bryce Young if he were bigger. I'll tell you what, if Bryce Young comes in over 200 pounds, I'll flip to Bryce Young. Right. If he doesn't, I'm going to stick with Will Levis. How, how about wide receivers? Uh, it doesn't feel like this year is as no. deep as Bad others. Group. Yeah, no, can, not a can good you, group. Can you find guys though that maybe? I mean, historically, the the draft has been littered with guys later in in you know the day that you can find in second, third, and fourth round. Are there some guys out there that fit that bill? One thousand percent. And I say not a great group. There's not. I, I like Jackson Smith and Jigba. I want to see how he works out. He didn't play this year. Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison. I love Zay. Of, of the guys, I say I love for where you're the player to the position he'll be drafted. Zay Flowers, love Boston it. College, may present the best value. Another kid to watch: Michael Jefferson, Louisiana Lafayette, on day three, early day three. I think will be a really good pick. Uh, Jason Brownlee from Southern Miss on say early day three area would be, I think, a good. 
pick at that particular point. And one more, I'll go Rasheed Rice from SMU. Keyshawn Johnson was talking about him, loves him. I think he could be in the second or third round mix if he runs well. Uh, so there's some guys. Josh Downs is a slot guy. So there's guys like that. Uh, there's also some boomer bust types like Jalen Jalen Hyatt. It's going to be one of the faster players in the draft. Route running, consistency catching the football. Yeah, you can't be Brashad Perriman. You got to be consistent and you got to be multidimensional as a receiver. Right now, he's kind of a you know one thing. He's speed down the field. He made a lot of big plays for Tennessee. But Jalen Hyatt's a guy to watch and see just how high people bump him up because he's going to be like I say, one of the fastest players in this draft. Mel, I've got a couple questions about Claypool. What did you think of him coming out? Chase Claypool, who the Bears have now. Liked him. I thought he was a big body kid who could go get the football, win contested throws, go get it. I mean, be a little more than just the guy that you could count just to be the possession type. He could get make some plays. And I'm a big Notre Dame fan, so I watch Notre Dame every day, every week. Watch their their tapes four or five times a week, and go back and play. But Kate Claypool is a, is a solid player. I think that was a, a trade that should benefit them and will benefit them moving forward. And in this draft, uh, yeah, it's not you're not going to get excited about unless you find the right guy. Like I said, I love Zay Flowers in the late. First, early second. Would love him at that point. I think when you look at, at, at Rice in the second or third, or Jefferson or Brownlee in the fourth, third, fourth, you've you got to pick the right guys. I'm not saying you, I, don't, I don't know. I could be wrong. But those are the guys I personally really like for the position that they will be drafted and the kind of talent they bring to that spot. So that, that, was, and that was my follow-up. So yeah. knowing that it's you don't love the draft and knowing you don't love the wide receivers, it doesn't hurt as bad that the Bears gave up the 32nd overall pick for him? No, no. I mean, I, again, which receiver? You, you ask me which receiver, what quarterback's better than Fields? Which which receiver is better than Claypool right now? And I guess I think Flower. I'm going to go to Flowers. That's kind of my guy. We, Todd McShay and I always battle over who your guy is. It's not that he's the highest rated player at the position, but who's the guy for where he's going to get selected? presents the best value. I'm big on Zay Flowers. I love yeah. the kid. He could have left BC, didn't didn't transfer like Jordan Addison did, left Pitt to go to USC. Everybody wanted Zay Flowers. He stayed there with Jeff Halfley. His quarterback, Dracovic, got hurt early. He, his offensive linemen were getting hurt in August through the season. Didn't have anybody. Yet he was out there giving it everything he had and making plays. Love that kid. So, you know, there's a guy. If you had a circle of player yeah. on any list, just keep an eye on Zay Flowers. I think he's going to be a pro. I had him, I, you know, where I had him in the mock was Kansas City. You imagine yeah. Patrick Mahomes getting the, getting an addition to a, of a receiver like like a, a Zay Flowers would be incredible. I think he's fabulous, and and remember the connection. Ryan Poles is a former BC guy as well, mm-hmm. so he is yep. dialed into that 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 school. So, yeah, I don't, yep. I don't know if he'll be around, but uh, but maybe Ryan Poles moves up in the second round if he's still available at that time, Mal. That's the debate. I, I haven't gone 32. I haven't rated higher than that. On my ratings board right now, he's at, at 19. So, you know, I like him. McShay likes him. Not quite as much, but Roy likes him. I don't know how you can't like, say, Flowers. I mean, I'm, I'd be amazed if we – now, hey, receivers have gotten into the second round. And have done, look at all the second-round receivers, that, and some of which dropped even in the second round when four or five went ahead of them. Look at some of those guys. It's a, lot, it's a pretty good group of second-round receivers that have played exceptionally well in the NFL. Maybe he gets a little lost in the shuffle, and maybe because of, of some people like Booty from LSU a little bit more than some other people, maybe he gets bummed. They love the speed of Hyatt. They push him up. Uh, or a Rice runs great, and they push him up a little bit. So it's, all it takes is, like I say, a little bit of a slide, and, and you never know. But uh, you know, Flowers is kind of my guy. I keep, I keep saying it, but he's one of the, I think he's going to be at the end of the day, I may even make him my number one receiver. If, he, if the other guys don't test as well or whatever, he's going to be right up there for me. And he's not even going to the Senior Bowl. He's going to the East-West Shrine game. Yeah, Mel, before we let you 
go, just to reiterate, what makes a bad draft? Like, why is this year a bad draft? When you grade the players and you compare to other years and the grades and you just don't see it adding up, uh, you can't force the grade. In. And it's not perfect. I mean, we all make mistakes every year. There's going to be guys that are overdrafted, underdrafted, and grades that are off. But you just go by past years and how you graded those players at positions. And if I don't see this guy, he's not to that level. No, he's not as good as that guy was coming out. I can't give him whatever grade I gave him. So when you put all the grades, and I was doing that over the course of the last week, and I said it to Todd McShay, I had trouble getting 80 that I really felt comfortable with. And the first X amount of rounds. So I do a, I do a top 150. I got to 80. I'm struggling. <laughs> then it's like, really? 81? Who's that? I got to maybe 80. But it's going to be, that's why I say you got, and you really don't need, you don't need a board past 120. So, but getting to 120 is not going to be easy, guys. So it's going to be one of those years where you better really, and you also have to hope that the guys you like get overlooked a little bit. I remember I got a call one time. You know, don't be talking about guys. You talk, don't mention. I always say, don't mention guys. Try to hide guys. I can't do that. McShay can't do it. But you always get calls. But don't let it out on this guy. They don't want you to everybody to know what or be projected high when they like a certain guy because they figure everybody's looking at this. All the teams view these mock drafts. Belichick always said he looks at every mock draft that comes out. So they don't want to see these names in these first rounds if they really like a guy. And they certainly don't want to see guys in the top ten ratings board that I put up on dot com that rather have those guys out of there and figure I can maybe steal them on day three of the draft. Mel, whether awesome. you like it or not, we got you on speed dial, and yes. we appreciate you. Thank Anytime, you. Anytime, guys. It's always fun, man. There you go. We love Mel Kuyper, Jr. Great stuff. That's his Mach 1.0. You can get it on the on ESPN.com. You can get the entire interview on the ESPN Chicago app. If you want to react, 312 3776. We'll talk more about that with Black and Abdallah. They've got their full show tonight from 6 to 8. Uh, Charles Barkley, one of our favorite guests, yes, uh, had some interesting things to say that could anger the modern-day NBA player. Mm, nice. We'll play that for you coming up next. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. All right, don't forget you can listen ESPN 1000, 1000 on the AM side, 100.3 HD2. Download that ESPN Chicago app. We've got a brand new. Crosstalk Unhinged that dropped today. Yeah. A longer episode, wasn't it? Yeah. I just, I texted Carm, too. I wanted to see where he was. He said an update. Uh, Carm said nothing yet. Some light bubbling in the stomach, but that's it. Playing out a little slow here with Carm. Yeah. Maybe he's got a digestive tract that just works at a slower pace. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So Crosstalk Unhinged on the ESPN Chicago app. The four of us. Carm Yurko, Waddle Sylvie, uh, working blue, uncensored, uninterrupted, a lot of fun, a lot of people seem to like it. Just click on it. It's got its own tile in one uh, stop shop for all things ESPN 1000. You can listen live too on that app. It's uh, outstanding. Um, all real, right. real quick, I had a question for you. I, we mentioned a little bit earlier. Nick Sirianni, do you think you'd love him or hate him if you knew him? I feel like I don't know I, him very well. I wouldn't well. mind him as my football coach. Of course. Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni was one of those guys that when you 
again, this whole winning and losing the press conference. Yeah. When he was hired. Yeah. You thought he was a complete tool. <laughs> He like you thought he lost the press conference and Philly. What they do? Yeah, they got rid of Peterson and they hired this guy who right. was talking about growing stuff. He looked overwhelmed at the press conference. Like, oh, he's not in Indy anymore. No, he came from Frank Reich's staff. Yeah, it was the offensive coordinator, right? Yeah, and yeah. you're like, what's this guy? He's going to Philly. He's going to get eaten alive. <laughs> But it shows you that I know they know what they're doing in Philly. Yeah, that general manager Howie Roseman knows what he's doing. He could be he could be building two Super Bowl champions in a span of five years. Yeah. Or whatever it's been. Five, six, 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 years. six years. Yeah. Okay. And they I just never didn't won know, a like, Super Bowl, like... right? Until seventeen? Was that their first Super Bowl yeah, champion? It yeah. was. They played once with Jaworski as their quarterback. Yeah, right. Like I just he didn't like I don't the, know the, the meal team. I gotta be honest with you, I don't know a lot about him. I know where he came from and everything, but like I not really familiar well, with well, him. Well, what's your thing? I like. Don't so, know. So I don't I, know if I'd like him because he's, you know, he's he's got a really outgoing. Per- you saw how he talked to the official. I know what I'm doing down here, and you know, you see, he's very animated on the sidelines. Um, but I don't haven't seen a ton of him. My first impression is is that I'd like him because he's develop- helped to develop a winner. But I don't know if he's one of these guys that you know. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. That's him. What was the circumstances with that? He went down. You remember they they had scored a touchdown, and to go up twenty seven to nothing. Yeah. So in the in the second quarter, so they line up to act like they're going to go for two, and Sirianni's all the way down like at the five yard line, and the official like not one of the officials, but one of the like the officials that is in waiting in case one of the other officials gets hurt on the field. He's like a game coordinator. Something goes, you can't be down here, whatever. And that's how he responded. What they were trying to do was draw the Giants off sides. And if they did, then they were going to go for it. It was 27 and what? I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, it was 27 and nothing. He was thinking about Very going. Very sure of himself. But so was Kyle Shanahan. And I love Kyle Shanahan. Remember, at one point, Kyle Shanahan was not well-liked in no. Cleveland, I no. want to say, when he was the OC there. Yeah. You know, then and then remember they blew the twenty eight to three lead when he was the OC in Atlanta, and they're like, "What's San Francisco doing hiring him?" I think the Eagles fans love them some Nick Sirianni yeah, right now. I, I think and think about it, Kyle. I think he's his whole life had to fight against the nepotism sure? of being Mike's son, and so he had to actually prove himself. It's probably put a big chip on his shoulder too. I just like that you look at the games. Just, I don't know a ton about Zach Taylor either, but you know, obviously, you know Andy Reid and his story. Uh, you know Kyle Shanahan. I just think the the Nick Sirianni story is a pretty cool one. We got to talk about the broadcasters too uh, tomorrow. Maybe we'll do that uh, in the wake of the Greg Olson um, interview because the nepotism thing. Like there have been a lot of great broadcast, and I don't think it's fair to him. But the Chris Collinsworth is it Jack Collinsworth? Yeah, Jack yeah. with, it's with so cre- like it's but- so creepy how he sound like it's just. He sounds exactly like Chris. And when I hear him talk, I can't get over it. I'm like, stop. Who's your favorite Collinsworth? I like Chris Collinsworth. Like, I don't have the same detest for Collinsworth's product the way that everybody does. Some people, again, it's such a subjective thing. But I, I have this thing where I don't like listening to Jack. Really? It's just so creepy to me. It is weird that he's allowed to pick. I don't think Jack should get a pick on the uh, everybody on the on the panel. <laughs> you gets close to pick. your eyes. You can, he's like he talks exactly like him. 
I don't think a lot of those people should have a pick. When they're doing the picks at the end. Jason like, Garrett, take his pick away. <laughs> I, no, like, I love a guy Tony who's Dungeon. happy. I love a guy who's happy more than a guy who's mad all the time. I don't think I've ever seen Jason Garrett without that, that grin on his face. That's a blanking eating grin right there. <laughs> at all times. <laughs> It's like it's just like it. It's almost like you look at it, you get uncomfortable. You're like, what can be that damn good that you just never have anything other than that grin on your face? Like it's weird. Like it's weird what you look like or listen, what you he, look at when you're listen, watching he, stuff. He got to be the Cowboys coach for like ten years longer he than he yeah. should. No, and that's why he's got that that probably so. smile that never goes away. Yeah, you know, for for all the rumors about Mike McCarthy, um, he likes to keep his coaches there. Like, everyone thinks he's going to be so yeah. irrational and fire his coaches. Jerry Jones keeps his coaches. I heard the guys on Get Up talking about this, and I think Mark... Uh, no. I know. Uh, Spears and, and a couple of the other guys... saying that. I know. talked Cowboys on Get Up? I'm, no, but the point was is, is that as long as Jerry's team and he is in focus, that... You think that makes him happy? That's what the guys were saying is, is like, they don't... Like, Mike McCarthy... It's almost like they don't feel he doesn't feel like this intense desire to make changes spur of the moment. As long as he's getting the necessary attention for his franchise that he's getting. Well, that was their supposition. Not only that, though, think about it. When you think of Cowboys, if you're not thinking about a player on the field, you're thinking about Jerry Jones. Absolutely. And the one guy who he couldn't get along with was the guy who took away some of the shine off of him. And that was Jimmy Johnson. Right. Who he pushed out the door. But maybe they were just getting confused between what ESPN thinks and not what Jerry Jones yeah, thinks. Could, could as be. long as the Cowboys yeah. are in focus, we're good. Yeah. Um, can I play you this from Charles Barkley? Barkley, as you know, frequent guest on the Waddle and Sylvie show. One of our favorites is of honest all the time. He was on NBA Serious Radio. Uh, this is ex- especially um, really in focus today. Because of what happened last night. Did you see two with Jimmy uh, Butler with the Miami Heat Heard about it, but didn't see him. There was a kid in the stands, and he got it in real time. He came up. Where was he from? Argentina. Argentina. He, he had a sign. He said, I flew over 4,000 miles to see Jimmy Butler in the Heat play. And he was wearing a Jimmy Butler jersey. And you see it in real time to where it's announced that Jimmy Butler is inactive. And he gets told this. And he's holding this sign, and he's so happy. He looks like Jason Garrett on the NBC set. Super happy. And then he's told, he's like, Jimmy's not playing. And in shock. And he can't believe it. And it's, again, like one of these NBA players who can't play. Yeah. And it's a problem in the NBA. Golden State. Like, they've now adopted this policy where... Steve Kerr now sits all of them at once, so they're not just one at a time, missing, 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 missing. He figures, I'll, I'll pull the Band-Aid off, off all four guys sit at one game. So Tells you that not every game's important. Right, right. And, and, and they feel like it's the greater good of their team. And Charles Barkley went on NBA Series Radio a couple days ago and said this. And again, remember, he was a player himself. This won't endear him anymore, and he's got a, a lot of rivalries with current players to the current player because this is pro-owner. And listen to what he had to say regarding the players and this load management stuff, but uh, take a listen on how he's pro-owner on this issue. 
first of all, it's embarrassing for the NBA, and I cannot wait for these owners to put their foot in their asses in this next CBA. These dudes going to do something to these players. They're going to be like, wait a minute, you can't make $50 million and not play half the season, okay? Because uh, now you're just really just like slapping me in my face, taking my check twice mm-hmm. a month. And we got guys like, and Eddie, I see guys that got a sore, sore hip or something. I'm like, everybody's sore in the NBA after <laughs> 20, 30, 40 games. Yeah. But I think it's going to be very interesting when in the next CBA because, you know, the billionaires always wins against millionaires. And I think those owners are going to try to do something. I don't know what it is. I think there's going to be a strike or a lockout, however you want to phrase it. But I think they're going to say, okay, you guys don't want to play. I'm going to teach y'all a lesson. Because, you know, we we paid y'all during the pandemic. We didn't have a, a, nobody in the stands for a couple years, but we still paid y'all. And this is how y'all repay us, making all this money and not wanting to play. So, man, I think it's going to be very interesting in the next CBA. But, Eddie, to pick it back on your point, Man, it's getting to the point where it's actually a joke now. Are the owners upset with the players? I have not heard that. I, I get what Charles is saying, but have the owners expressed something comparable to this? Is attendance down, and are they re are they are they, they connecting those dots? Well, that- the league's been upset. Uh, I don't know if the owners per se, but. Um, you know, I know no, the fans can't be happy. Right. Like I know a lot of the road fans are not happy. And Has I don't, it been reflected in the attendance? Is attendance down? Not sure. Yeah. Not, not sure about that. I mean, because that's where the owners would actually, I think, then become aggressive or assertive if, in fact, there is tangible evidence that it's costing them money. Well, it's not even so much attendance. Or is it so, the television? Yeah, people? I think that's the bigger yeah, issue. Is, the, is think about this. Last night, TNT and ESPN. Yeah. yeah, last night it is a national television game where Jimmy Butler is not playing, and you have that situation unfold, and the TV partners are like, what's going on here? And that obviously could affect the next rights deal and how much they're actually able to pull in. Hasn't I heard you guys talking about this earlier. Hasn't Steve Kerr been an advocate of less games, like 72 games? Or a few games? But how games? is that going to help I, the I'm players, with you. I you don't, know, because like, I, I, don't think that, I don't think that would change the way that coaches and players go about like, it would have to be a massive reduction. You'd have to get down to, like, 50, 55 games. Well, remember, remember, less games means less, less nat- revenue, less, revenue yeah. less nationally televised games. That doesn't help anybody in all of this. doesn't help owners. doesn't help players. doesn't help anybody. No, I so, mean, my like, point is, is the NBA players are probably as powerful of a union or as powerful as a group in all of professional sports, right? I, I don't know that yes. they're going to be compelled to and do it, things differently. And it's the it's the sport where the owners have shared the most. Right. Where they've given in and it's more most most of a partnership as any sport. So what's the solution? I don't know that there is one. I I don't what? see the players or the coaches deciding to you know to employ less, you know, um what is it what is it called when you're you're holding uh, um not playing them or watching their minutes totals or load management. Yes, load management. I don't see them changing More their approach to that. Incentive based deals. Well, you've don't opened. Know. They've opened Pandora's box, though. You know, I. You know, I don't know. If, was it LeBron the first one to ever really embrace the idea of load management? And when it pays off in the playoffs for a player like him, where they're able to go on and win an NBA title, well, then that ownership group is not 
ultimately at the end of the season, you can't be too upset if it results in an NBA championship for you, right? Right, and load management, too, is twofold, not only for the season, but it's adding years onto these people's careers. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't know that that... I love Charles, and I, I understand his frustration, but I don't know that... I don't know that the players are all of a sudden going to be forced into making a different decision or going to actively do it on their own. I'm not sure about that. But, yeah, it's driving people crazy. Yeah. So, and Charles Barkley standing up for the owners. I thought that was very interesting. We'll talk to Black and Abdallah about this, about Mel Kuyper Jr., about what they've got coming up on the show. It's all coming up next. Got to tell you about uh, my guys over at Window Nation. Right now, uh, they've got the best deals going. Bringing the home show savings to you. You buy two windows, you get two free with absolutely no limit. You buy four, you get four free. You get eight, you get eight free. The more you buy, you, you want to buy 16 windows, you'll get 16 free. It's 32 windows. Absolutely awesome. That's a new home worth of windows right there, Waddle. What if I want if I 32 windows? That's, 30, ha- that's th- half a Waddle's six, house, let's be honest. That's like an NCAA tournament full of windows right there. That's 64 windows. And you'll make no payments of any kind for 60 months. That's five full years right there, Waddle. Check them out today at windownation.com slash home show. You'll see their virtual visualizer as well where you can see what the new windows will look like in your home. Just take a picture of your home, and you'll see what their beautiful windows will look like in your home right now. Call them today at 866-90NATION, 866-90NATION, or check them out online at windownation.com slash home show, windownation.com slash home show. Call them today again. Two free windows with every two you buy with no limit. You do the math. Keep going up and up and up and up. Or go to windownation.com slash home show. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. What a show today. A lot of fun. Hope you've made it through the snow. I saw the weather today, too, Waddle. It's not letting up anytime soon. Oh, no. I think snow showers in the next couple days. Dang. I think over the weekend we're supposed to get ahead of north. So, uh, yeah, we've, you know, we've, we've been very lucky thus far. So we're getting, I agree with you. Winter is here. Are you guys going to check coming. in with Carm at all at any point? No, I, I've, yeah. I've uh, you guys, we don't need more baby stories, but oh, uh, yeah, as you I know, like, story. I've. Baby I've, star stories? What I've, do you mean? I've dealt with enough poop that I don't need to hear about someone else's poop. Yeah, but it's funny when it's a grown man. It, yeah, it kind and of it's is. Not a, not a two-week-old. I guess. And I, I uh, <laughs> my wife's going to kill me. I'm going to a concert tonight. <laughs> wow, that's ambitious. <laughs> Where are I was you like, staying? I was like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, yeah, it's just the Metro. Go ahead. Well, listen, it's a, it's it's a special just... situation, okay? It's a it's a big band, small venue. I got I got in through someone's pulling some strings, leaving a door open. So it's like uh, well, you got a good, side door. Good yeah. thing that door's open because your front door is going to be locked. Yeah, I'm tonight. like, are you sure? Are you? Sh-? She's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. This doesn't happen very often, so go ahead. It's you go go see. It doesn't happen very often. The baby's only been around a couple of no, oh, the, the concert, the concert, the concert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Fall Out Boy doesn't play the Metro very often, okay. so we're gonna go see Fall Out Boy. At the oh, Metro it's tonight. Fall Out Boy. Yeah, Fall Out oh, Boy wow. at the Metro tonight. Yeah, that's why I. Got 
got like six espresso shots. In when here. you said big band, I thought you had like a big, like big band. Oh, like, <laughs> like, like the Brian <laughs> Seltzer Orchestra. Uh, like, like, I want to see some swing you're going music. To see big band? No, 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 like, no, I'm no, going to see, yeah, no, 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 big, big band. band. You're going to use a whole yeah. pass for yeah. big, no, 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 big no, band. No, 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 big name, small venue. <laughs> yes, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I will be exhausted tomorrow. But yeah, I don't need to hear about more poop. I got enough poop in my life. Wait, he's got, having the procedure tonight? No, you know he's tomorrow. doing the prep. You got to drink the stuff tonight. Yeah, okay, right. okay. So you want us to check in on how it's well, no, going just, down? No, and I just, just want to see out? if he's okay. Okay. He's, yeah, he has splashed down. It yeah. took him, let's see. He he's, just had splashed down from the time that his lips went on the uh, prep what? kit. Oh. <laughs> the prep kit to splash down, which just happened, what, about five minutes ago? Do you have a tracker on this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hour, 15 minutes. Hey, we're family. We're family. Instead of my iPhone, it's find right. my butt gun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You just track it there. So It's like one of those water minutes. things where it fills the bottom, where you can, if you're a water tracker, it's just a poop tracker. It just sure. goes lower instead sure. of higher. And it alerts you when yeah. it's time. We, yeah. We're family, man. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. check in on each other. I know. Can you, can he eat? Is it no! Have to fast? No, 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 you have to no, fast? No, no. Yes, yes. Okay. You're trying to clean yourself out. You yeah. can't pack it back in. Can you drink whiskey? No. What do you mean? It's liquid. No, that's a lame you can't. night. No, you can't. That's Can you imagine? Said, that's what PB said. Can yeah. you do a whiskey, whiskey Wednesday? I would have gotten real drunk beforehand. Like, what's the cutoff? Four? All right. Let's drink it, too. Let's get hammered. We'll be fine. He's got to wake up at 4 a.m. Yeah. and do the last prep kit. Oh, God. It, that's the worst part about it. Don't be that guy that up lies about doing the prep kit. Oh, like did go to you your do doctor? Your prep kit? Yeah, I did it. Next thing you know. <laughs> no, you can't lie to doctors. Of course you can't. That's you can't lie to doctors. No. Like, that you was... can lie a little. No. no. You Doc- can lie. No. lie. What do you lie Never about? Lie I'm just doctors. saying. You know, doctors, how many man. drinks a week do you have? Ah, a couple. Not really. really yeah, it's I've, like, I, like I, a couple a night. I shock the hell out of them these days. I don't even care anymore. You do any drugs? Yeah, weed, pills, everything. What do you got? I got this system loaded. Let's do this. What do you say, Wada? When they say how many drinks a week, what are you answering? A bunch. (laughs) A bunch. Yeah, you don't know how many that is. I don't know. I lost track. (laughs) How about do the exam first and tell me how healthy I am, and then I'll tell you how many drinks. And you'll be like, all right, you're fine then. Like, you can have. I did. I've told this story a million times. I have, and you guys were probably part of it at the time. I have been told by a cardiologist. Who asked me how old I was, and I told him, and he goes, act your age. Act your age. Okay. Yeah. But also, like, I'm at a certain point where if I don't have enough alcohol, like, maybe it'll shut down. Exactly. <laughs> like, this keep system, the engine this going. system is running. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like gas in your vehicle. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I don't put gas in a car. A car don't run. <laughs> I'm worried what'll happen if I stop at yeah, this point. Right. One of our favorite pediatricians who you... Dr. Bauer. Who you... He goes, that's why God made wine. Exactly. When I tell him about some issues <laughs> yes. that I've got going right. with the kids. Right. That's yeah. great. This is why God made wine. Yes. <laughs> I have... I have a 30-year-old and a 27-year-old who still call... I probably shouldn't say that. Still call their pediatrician for advice on stuff. Hey, Dr. Bauer's the best. I know Dr. Bauer. He's my pediatrician. That's what he says. What's the difference? It's just... You're just smaller. It's the same problems, but you're bigger now. What's the difference? He's great. He's fabulous. I don't know anything about doctors. That's why I can say that. (laughs) What's the difference? Pediatrician, human, an adult doctor. You've had a pediatrician, It's just bigger people. Huh? I've had a pediatrician, yeah. 
I've had a pediatrician. I've had a real doctor. No, I mean, you are probably on first name basis with a pediatrician right now, aren't you? Oh, no. We're in like the testing out phase. Really? Like you go. You're still feeling them out? Well, no, no. Like like American Idol? No. For uh, pediatricians? (laughs) No, the way they do it now (laughs) is like, so Northwestern sets you up at their doctor and then you see the first five appointments are each with a different doctor and then you pick one. Oh, it's like The Bachelor. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, this is what they do. Yeah, this is what they, that's, that's they. Layla brings a rose. That's how they do. One of their events. Whichever one she poops on gets yeah. the, the, the like you oh, win. That's nice. <laughs> I do believe Abdallah said pediatrician, human doctor. What's the difference? Adults. You're I mean, not like taking adults. them to a vet. You know right? what I mean? <laughs> well, we tried. We tried to kill two birds with one stone and just be like, "Hey, you take care of our dog and you take care of our baby." Yeah. Like they both exactly. have the same stomach issues. Yeah, like, let's the figure parts. this out. The poops yeah. look the same. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mustardy brown. Yeah. Just you know, yeah. do the blood test. Come yeah, on, figure good. it out. Tyler right. still sees his pediatrician. Nothing wrong with that. Shout out to Tyler. We used to go to my pediatrician. My pediatrician used to like have an office like off her house. So yeah. we would just go to her house and be like, oh, yeah, we're up for shots. We're just going to go into like, like, her garage. And, like, we'd go to the garage and get two shots wow. and just call it the day. In, in, this, in this country? Yeah, it was in Evanston. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. it was in Evanston. Not when you were in, no. overseas? No, no overseas. Yeah. Do you have a secret overseas. knock you before you me? went in, yeah. too? Uh, no, I'm just telling you. This is, sure, on sure, the weekends, are you okay? No, to accommodate families on the weekends, she she ran her practice out of her house. to Because families are busy during the busy during the week. You know, I love that people work. You can't go to the pediatrician during the day. Well, what do you get? <laughs> a couple of shots, day. get the oil change in Man. my car, and it's all, all right. the same one stop. Uh, to answer your your uh, your your draft questions, the Bears would be stupid to draft someone at one. Don't draft someone at one. Right? Don't do that. Yeah, I, I don't care all, who it is. We're all in agreement. You, know, you heard what uh, Kuiper said. Kuiper admitted. The only reason he didn't have the Bears trade down, it would have messed up his whole mock. Well, he yeah. doesn't do that. Yeah. McShay yeah. does that. Yeah. McShay yeah. does the mock in like a the week. Trade backs, where the... it's like, here's what I'm hearing and like all the trades. Yeah. And stuff. So he he said the only reason I didn't have the Bears yeah. trade down, it would have screwed up the rest of the mock from yeah. one down. But he listen, you want a you want a shot of adrenaline. Listen to him him talk about wide receivers and name like thirty of them in ten I just seconds. Listen yeah. to him talk for twenty minutes. I got excited yeah, just great. because he was excited. He's, He's running on nothing but pumpkin pie. Yeah. There's nothing but pumpkin pie. And he is. I said this a bunch too. I thought there was a time where I thought he was like a and I didn't know any better. He was just like a kind of an angry mean guy. He is quite frankly the nicest guy. Oh my god, he's so nice. One of the nicest people on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, but he's like he just knows everything. Yeah. It's, it's all in his it's brain. It's all it's all under he's got a bigger brain. You can't tell because of the hair. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> it's awesome. All right, Black and Abdal coming up next. Uh thank you today to Mal Kuyper Jr., the only guest we needed today. And Carmen DeFalco sort of was a guest. He was. Yeah. Thank you to Tyler Hockey and also Jeff Maller for Waddle Lime Sylvie at ESPN one thousand. Have yourself a great Wednesday night.